Welcome to Box to Box Football. You know what time it is. We are back. Box to Box Football. We are back from, I don't know, it's been a long hiatus. A couple years, maybe, uh, three, four, five. Who knows? COVID uh, kind of uh, no time uh, dilation and all this stuff. But, uh, you know, just welcome back. I was super excited to be back. Uh, You know, obviously, Kyle Franco and Mike Samsel, uh, who were uh, both uh, in the studio with us when we were back in the BCB days in that little back room trying to dodge all the uh, people coming in for all those other shows. But uh, right now we got uh, two new people, uh, Stu and JJ. Uh, if you want to just introduce yourself, if you if you missed the little preview the other day. Yeah, I'm Stu Kovacs over for CBS Sports Radio. Big Liverpool fan, uh, kind of new to the soccer game uh, last five years, but the last five years I've really learned a lot and taking it all in. So I'm excited to be with you guys and some talk, some soccer. And I'm JJ Duke. Uh, been a footy fan pretty much since day one, back in the days of Fox sports world, when you used to get one game a week, which was the seven 30 AM kickoff on a Saturday. And boy, it seems like we're going to be getting there just in a couple of days time. The premier league is back. The EFL kicked off this past weekend or whenever you're listening on any of the uh, outlets that you get your podcast which of course by the way make sure to drop a like give us five stars you know how the algorithm works tell your friends about it because we want to be getting to as many people as possible but yes man you getting going on monday and everybody else kicking off this weekend except for the uh first game uh city and and burnley uh and uh after the arsenal fluked another win the other day and that i can't even believe the 11th minute of eight minutes of stoppage time this at some point we're going to talk about how dare you man united fan complain about stoppage time (laughs) i mean look three minutes added on to the eight minutes i I, as soon as that ball went to the corner i was like because i had i had city and I, I was just like, man, this is brutal. And I just watched it go in. I'm like, Arsenal's going to win this. But, I, you know, if you're watching a little bit, I mean, we'll get into the championship next week. But uh, some of these games had 14 minutes of stoppage time in the second half. And there was an interesting stat today about uh, some of the teams where the ball is out of play the most. Crystal Palace celebrated their goals because they don't score that many for like 86 seconds, which was the most out of any Premier League team. So, uh it's very interesting. I think this new rule will be pretty interesting. But today, we're going to talk about the promoted teams and the bottom half teams yeah. from last year. Uh, it's preview time. So just quick rundown on how we're going to do this. There's going to be two episodes here for the preview, just separating them off by, if you want to call it top half, bottom half. But we're going to start today, our first one, with the teams that finished 11th through 17th, and then the three uh, promoted clubs that came up. So yes, that includes Chelsea today. Oh, I'm here for this Chelsea slander all so much. And by the way, I already mentioned about the fact that, you know, give us uh, five stars, drop a like, give us some comments. Also, you can follow us on social media as well uh, on Twitter, X, and Instagram, wherever you want to uh, follow us. That's at box to box FT ball, box to box football. Love to hear uh, your guys' thoughts about that as we, we get rolling. All right, so let's get started, gang, on our first team, Luton Town. They were the promotion playoff winners coming out of the championship. They do come into this this season uh, in the Premier League as the odds-on favorite to go back down. You know, and, and we'll just get your, your thoughts on them. Obviously, they, they uh, a great story on how they have risen from non-league back 
through the divisions and then ultimately culminating in that victory in the in the playoff final. A lot has been made about Kenilworth Road, their stadium and, you know, and its size and it needing a lot of renovations to get up to, to Premier League standards. Um, does, does Luton have any chance of staying in this division? You know, it doesn't feel like it, unfortunately. I think we've been spoiled over the past probably five years. It feels like every year kind of a big team has come back up. Aston Villa, Fulham, Newcastle, Nottingham spent crazy money when they came back up. This Luton Town team kind of feels like an old school promoted team. You know, bringing in championship guys, you know, Thomas Kaminsky, Ryan Giles to Heath Chung. This is an old school promotion team. Maybe this money will welcome them into the yo-yo team category, but that kind of feels like the ceiling, doesn't it, Sean? Yeah, I mean, if Tahith Chong is their biggest addition, this team has no chance. He stinks. Uh, I've watched him kind of just run into to defenders for, for, for years, and everybody was kind of saying he might, you know, make it through at, at United. I, I mean, it's – look – I, there might not be a big, a better story than than this. What Luton Town's done in the last nine years, going from nine. This is what Wrexham wants to do. You know, if you follow Welcome to Wrexham, you know they were in non-league and and went from you know League Two to League One to the Championship, and you know and won the 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 final. But look, you know they they can't even play their first home game. It got already got postponed because it's not up to standard. It's not like when. Bournemouth came up and the stadium was so small. I mean, that stadium was kind of nice. I mean, if you remember when Brighton came up, they had the Amex coming in. So I, I just don't see any way. I mean, you just look at these, the players they brought in. Uh, I, I don't see it. But the other thing too is, you know, I think, and, and Kyle will speak this next time with Fulham, you know, when you come, Fulham always tried to kind of, they were that yo-yo team. They always tried to you know, play cautious. Last year, they threw it, you know, threw everything to the wind and scored goals and went for it in attack. And early in the season, they racked up, you know, 40 points with these wins. You 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 have to win games in the Premier League. You can't try to play for points or, you know, it, it was an emotional loss or, you know, it was a, you got to get points. You got to win games. I just don't see where they're going to get goals from. Well, yeah, yeah, three points counts the same in the beginning of the season as it does at the end of the season. So, you know, maybe you count on that promotion bounce that, that first time in, in the new league and, and before, you know, injuries and fatigue and the issues with depth really hit your squad. If you can bank some points early on for some goodwill, you know, maybe that can carry you, you know, towards the end of the season and give yourself a chance to to stay up at the end. But I just think it's, it's going to be very difficult for Luton. This almost feels like, remember when Darby County came up oh, a, a yeah. while back? and just. It had one of the worst seasons ever, and, and not that Luton is you know, trying to replicate that, but it has like it, it could have that kind of feel to it. Uh, just, I, I just think they're going to struggle to to compete in this division. Now, the one thing I will say in favor of Luton JJ is the fact that they do have some guys that could score: Elijah Adebayo, Carlton Morris, Collie Woodry. A little bit, we'll see what he can do in the Premier League. But I mean, they have guys that have scored all over the levels of England. Yeah, they do. And I think the big one for me, if we're actually talking about goals, I think it's on the back end, truthfully, is how little can they concede, especially in the early part of the season? Can they have a defense that can shore it up? Um, one of their big men in the back, Tom Lockyer, who is part of the Wales team in the World Cup, he was part of the EFL championship team last year. He helped them to one of the best defensive records in the championship. Yes, it's a different level, but 
if you can keep yourself within few matches, as Kyle, you rightly said, points at the beginning of the season are just as equal as points at the end of the season. If you can bank together 20 points by New Year's, you have a chance. You you might actually even be out of the relegation spots at that point. So it will be fascinating. Uh, Stu, I know you were trying to get in on something before before we wrap this up. Yeah, and kind of to your point, I mean, they do have Brighton and Chelsea early on the road, uh, but then they have a stretch of West Ham at home, at Fulham, home against Wolves, at Everton to close out September. So if anything, in those four games, if they can somehow get, you know, seven, eight points, I mean, that's that's a big ask for this team. That's going to be really tough. But if they can get some points early, that will go a long way for them because they're definitely going to need it. Definitely. And hey, listen, I'm someone that loves a little bit of classic. I don't mind the fact that we have an old school stadium. We have these absolute behemoth structures that are coming up every other season for me. Let's have a little bit of elbow grease. Let's have some spots where you have to look around poles. It's fine. It's character. That's what we love. That's what we grew up on this game. But um, we do. We are going to get just quick predictions uh, from everybody about each team. It sounds like everybody has them pegged to finish last. Is this pretty fair to say? I have them 19th. You have them 19th. Okay. I have them last. 20th. 20th as well but hey all the best to the hatters as they get their season going and remember as sean rightly said they do have their first home match postponed right now scheduled their first home match at kenilworth road is going to be on september 1st against west ham as they continue to make the improvements it's mostly on the tv side to get things going so now we move to the second of the three promoted teams from the championship and this team actually had a really good run not only in the championship gaining automatic promotion but also made the semifinals of the fa cup that would be sheffield united now we did experience them being kind of the flash in the pan they nearly got european football in their first season in the premier league a couple of seasons ago dropped back down but it seems like, you know, yes, the changes were there. Uh, they lost and Jai now reported 18 million to Marseille, but they've brought in some really nice players and including for the Americans out there, Austin Trusty. Austin Trusty. Yeah, Austin Trusty. Love to see it. So, guys, what are we thinking? Do we think Sheffield can replicate what they had in their first season in their previous go around in the Prem? I think they're more likely to replicate what Derby County did in 07-08 and be one of the worst teams in Premier League history. That's a shout. This team sold Njai, who was the only one who could score in the championship on their roster. They're looking like they're going to sell Sander Berg to Burnley. That's according to to, uh, Fabrizio, that that's likely to happen in the next couple of days. They brought in guys from Sweden, Denmark, second tier of France, an American, which ooh. I mean, I I think this team is not only the worst team in the Premier League this year, maybe the worst Premier League team in the last ten years. Uh, I mean, I, I there's I don't see them having any chance to stay up as well. I mean, I, I just you know, Ali McBurney, they you know, Billy Sharp finally retired. He played in the championship for about thirty years. Um, he was one of those championship guys, man. He could score goals in a championship, but if he ever went up to the Premier League, he just couldn't do it. But you know, Ollie Norwood, Ollie McBurney, come on, man. Like those guys, I are they any better than they were two years ago when they were up when they got relegated that year? I, I, I don't see it. I mean, you know, they they have they're worse, yeah, they're worse. I know Sandberg. 
the the problem, like once again, when when you come up, when Fulham came up last year, you know they had a, a Mitrovic was you know obviously a you know big time goal scorer. They have a guy who was on fire for the first six months until he went crazy against Manchester United in the FA Cup. They were like, going to win that game. They were going to win that game. 100%. You guys did that. 100%. Yep. No, they, they had him beat. Yep. And then he did that. Um, but, that I mean, up until that point, I mean, the guy couldn't – He every single game. He, he was one of these guys. When you look on – if you do, like, fantasy football, he was the guy – hey, listen, I, I'm putting him in because he's a little bit lower, lower value guy, and he always score goals. I just don't know – where you know it's the same Luton Town or uh Sheffield United. I just don't see where the goals are coming from. Well, I just no. I just say this before we take predict predictions on, on Sheffield United. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to see Austin Trusty at, at Sheffield United. He was a Union Academy product, came out of the Philadelphia Union Academy uh in MLS and really took the long road to the, the Premier League. He kind of struggled to to get into the Union first team, went somewhere else in MLS, went on the to, to Arsenal and they they loaned him out and he was Birmingham City's player of the season last year in the championship and worked his way into the the US national team squad there. And now look he's gonna get a baptism by fire here on this Sheffield United team. And we're gonna get a chance to see what you know see what he's made of. Um uh, but he's a guy who if he has a good season, he could play his way into like the the US center back picture. The one thing that I'm going to be very fascinated with this team because the combination of the money that they made back on Anjai and a couple other signings and the money that they got from the FA Cup run last season. Remember, there were a couple of early games on television, got to the semifinals, so that does you know, help the wall a little bit is do they make a couple of moves at the deadline? We're recording on August 7th. They still have a few more weeks if they realize all of a sudden two or three matches in that, yeah, they're going to need to go get a goal scorer there's a possibility that we could see some deadline day drama from them. And, and if uh, they add, they have a shot. But as it is right now, this team is horrific. Yeah, yeah. Where United, are they coming from, right? Sheffield yeah. United, we got him. I got him 19th. 19th. Yeah, same. About 19th. Now we get the promoted team that I think a lot of people are going to think can stay up. And that's uh, Vincent Company's Burnley uh, runaway winners in the in the championship last year. They're going to open against Manchester City, of course, because with with the company tie-in um, going up against Pep and, and and City, and they played some really good football last year in the championship. Um, different style, scored 87 goals last year, um, which which led the league. Uh, 46 matches, so you do the math. That's almost two goals a game. Can Burnley? score continue to to score at, at at score at that rate enough in the Premier League while also being stingy enough in the back to stay in the division they're probably the the one in my opinion of the the three promoted teams that's got the best chance to stay up yeah is, is there you know are they better than or are they as good as Everton right now Nottingham Forest born yes. yes yes they're great yeah. right, they're they're all those teams are all in it it's just going to come down to whether or not you know they same thing I said with, with full, you know, if they can pick up 20 points or 25 points by, by January 1st and just put themselves in decent position. I mean, they're going to get absolutely smoked on Friday by city uh, city's going to, uh, I, I think the way they lost that game, I, you know, city doesn't usually have those two games where they play poor, but um I just think, you know, you look at some of their players they have, they have some people that can score some goals. Um, 
Plus, they got some players. Obviously, James Trevor comes in from Manchester City. You know, they lost uh, Ashley Barnes, I think. You know, he's been there forever. You know, Sander Burge coming in, I think, is going to be pretty big for them. But, yeah, I, I think they have a pretty decent shot. And, you know, I think they have a decent shot to, to maybe finish, you know, 12, 13, somewhere a little bit up the table. Yeah, so Samsel gave his uh, early shout. I'm going to give an early shout as well. This team by Christmas will be in the European places. Wow. Why I say that? Yeah, why I say that is this. You know, the beautiful thing here in America is now we get a lot of championship matches. And I actually enjoy throwing on a number of championship matches on very streaming platforms. And this team plays to a standard of a top half level premiership team by the way that they move. I mean, you obviously have Vincent Company, who's been there, done it all. You just look on the wall. He's got all of his accolades. But he has brought this different standard to Burnley from the last time that we saw them in the Premier League. And no disrespect to Sean Dyche. He nearly got or he did get them to Europe, actually. It's a different brand of football that they played. But this is going to be one that's much more compatible to what you're seeing in the modern day. And I feel like. Yeah, it, goals might be tough to come by at times, but they have a defense that, I mean, they they fell off at the end of the season and they were still miles ahead of everybody else. So if they can, similar to what I was saying with Luton, if they can post a couple of clean sheets early, Trafford is coming off of a great uh, under-21 performance at the Euros. He's going to have confidence coming in. Do they sign a one or two more players? I'm not sure what their budget is at the moment, but I see them getting out of the gate early, and I would not be surprised. I know, Sean, you said it, it might be a tough day at the office on Friday. I wouldn't be surprised if they get a point from that one just to set the table. Brentford did it a couple of years ago to Arsenal. Why can Burnley not do it against City? You know, we're, we're talking about the bottom half of the table here today, and, you know, the one thing I think that is different in the Premier League – now than was three years ago, five years ago, seven years ago. Manchester City, Arsenal, United, Newcastle United, Liverpool, Brighton, Aston Villa, Tottenham finished eighth. I mean, you, Brentford had a good year. Chelsea finished 12th. These, you don't have a, like, every week. There's, you know, La Liga's, you know, there's some easy games in there. This league has become so much tougher with Newcastle's money and, you know, Brighton in Europe, the way they play. And, all this stuff. So it's, it's just for these promoted teams, when they come up, you know, like you say, you know, you got it. If you can nick some wins against the bottom half teams and maybe get a result against, you know, an Aston Villa after they're in Europe on a Thursday, you have a good chance. The only thing that scares me about this Burnley team. And the only thing I wonder about with this Burnley team is, is Vincent company, their manager at the end of the year. Or, J.J., if they go on this great run of form that you're predicting and, you know, the guy who was coaching in Australia 18 months ago flames out at Spurs or, you know, Chelsea does Chelsea things or, you know, one of the jobs in France, like a Monaco, a PSG, one of those come up. Is Vincent Company going to stay with this team the whole year? If he does, I think they're pretty safe. Yeah, it's, it's a completely valid question. I mean, jobs in the Premier League go by every moon cycle, pretty much, right? <laughs> like, I mean, how many managers were fired before the first quarter of the season last year? I think there were already two or three. Uh, it, it is crazy. So, yeah, I see where you're coming from. For company, I think he values the long-term project. Do I think that long-term project 
is going to be more than three years. Not quite sure, but I think he is destined to see at least this season through. Yeah, the two things that would concern me, I would say, is, and you guys kind of alluded to the first one, um, they won the league by so much last year that the second half of the season, they didn't really play a game that mattered. So they haven't played a game that mattered for so long now. So that's going to be an adjustment. And also their start, uh, obviously we mentioned they start against City, and then they are home against Villa, home against Spurs, at Forest, home against United, at Newcastle, and at home against Chelsea. So those are the first seven games. That's a pretty, pretty rough start. Oh, yeah. You don't want to go in a very, hole. Yeah. That hole, they yeah. could dig themselves a, a bit of a hole. Um, but if they get out of, out of that, you know, I, I have high hopes for this team as well, especially after the Sanderberg signing. I knocked them up one or two spots after that today. Just I think that could be a game changer for them. The only other thing that I think is worth mentioning is their leading scorer last year, Nathan Tella, is now back at Southampton. They weren't able to buy him. We'll see if they end up buying him by the end of the window. Yeah, again, this is being recorded in early August. There is still a long, long way to go with business before uh, we really get into it. But So I made my shout. Do you all have Burnley as the only promoted team that stays up? I do. I I've do, yeah. 12th. I have him 13th. I have him 12th. Um, I have so 12th I am, as well. I am buying Burnley coming in and, and staying up. I, I would say probably, you know, 15th. Something like that. I think they'll probably stay up 15, 16, somewhere 14, something like that. All right. So we now turn to all the returners from last year and a team that a lot of people pegged to go down. They just survived by the skin of their teeth. And then some <sighs> is our friends Everton. And I mean, this is a club that the fans don't deserve how bad it's been. Everton is arguably one of the best supported clubs in that country for a number of different reasons. They're not afraid to voice their disapproval. They're always going to be behind their team. They've wanted the board out for quite a long time. They've gone through however many managers in the last two seasons alone. They've currently got financial fair play issues and hearings coming up. They haven't signed, frankly, anybody that is going to be saying, yep, this is going to be the guy that's going to rescue them. They let go of Ellis Sims, who... I personally thought that was a surprise that they brought him back from Sunderland because he didn't do anything from the club in the second half of the season. Yerry Mina's gone. Andrews Towson's gone. Connor Cody goes to Leicester. They lost an outstanding young player in Samuel Smith. For me, this is a team that I'd be surprised if they finish above 19th place. They do get a full season of Sean Dyke, which is a manager who – has escaped relegation before with Burnley for many years. He he did it with Burnley before it finally caught up to him. So I just with, with Sean Dyche with a, having a full preseason with his team to put his idea to put his stamp on it. Can they play Dyche ball and keep them in the Premier League? They still have Jordan Pickford back there, who's one of the top goalkeepers in the league, who will keep them in games, who will bail them out when they're under pressure. Will that be enough? for Everton to avoid relegation again. I think they're going to be in a relegation scrap again. Can they avoid it? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be close. This roster stinks. I mean, look, when you talk about financial fair play issues, they have, like, I mean, the losses for this team over the last three or four years are, like, 350. You know, Mike can, I think, speak a little bit of that to the issues that Lester had. And when you're kind of handcuffed, they Ashley Young, you know, 
Danjuma, I like Danjuma. He's a good player. Uh, you know, he he he's actually a pretty. You know, he would actually be a pretty decent squad player for some of the teams that are you know in in Europe. But uh, you know, he's going to come in and be a star. Uh, Tremidi, like. Like I, I don't know what they can sign. I, I think they're going to be really limited here. And I just I mean, it, it looks pretty bleak. I think what could help them is if Calvert-Lewin can return to the form that saw him get an England cap, right? When he had that, that breakout year two seasons ago, he was not, he was injured. He wasn't as good last year. But if he can give them that kind of production that he had two years ago, that makes a big difference. So nothing's coming through that door to help because of their financial fair play issues. What you're looking at is kind of what you got. They may bring in different bodies, but no one substantive is coming in to save this. So the question is, will the Sean Deitch ball stick? Because if it doesn't and you got to sack him in December or January you're going to be way adrift at that point, and I don't think there's going to be any coming back. Their hope is to survive. There's no thriving. For Here's them. their early schedule. Home to Fulham, at Villa, home to Wolves, at Sheffield United, home to Arsenal, at Brentford, home to Luton, home to Bournemouth That's- before they go to Liverpool in October. So they have a chance here, but if you said to me by the end of the window, they're going to go sign three players – and it, they would make a difference. I think they'd be all right, but they're not. So, you know, is this roster going to be good enough to get, you know, 15 points from those, you know, eight or nine matches? You talk about Wolves, by the way. The Gladys Street end is going to be a pack of Wolves if they can't get anything more than at least a point and a half out of those matches in the first seven. And let's also think about this, by the way. The financial fair play is one thing. They're building a new stadium. And so they're going to be so much in debt by the time that this season ends, they're basically going to have to start shipping players out anyways because they're going to have to find some way to get revenue so they could get even close to the amount of players that they're spending on the wage bill. If Sean Dyche, I mean, survival is one thing. If he could just avoid embarrassment for his own CV, I think that goes a long way for him. You're talking about basically if you want any new bodies, you're looking at academy players or free transfers at this point. And, freeze there's no one really coming off the list because pretty much everybody good's been taken so that's why i said i'd be surprised if they're gonna finish anywhere above 19th and you have uh, dwight mcneil who is out for at least a few weeks with an ankle injury and that's probably their best goal scorer uh, uh, along with calvert lewin so i mean it's it's gonna be tough they're gonna need dice ball to work and that's I, really i think I their only hope so, so i i had them staying up and you all have begun to <laughs> talk me back um I've got Everton 17th staying up again by skin of its teeth. What do you guys got? I actually have them same 17th because I think there's a team we're going to talk about here coming up that's a little bit bleaker. I'm 18th. I think they go down. I think every year, every year, every year, every year, they just escape. Just at some point, it's going to bite them. I mean, you've seen that kind of happen with some of these other teams, Burnley and you know, you struggle, you struggle, you struggle. You're constantly battling to stay up and investing all this energy. And it's just at some point, it's going to go back. I, I'll tell you, if they don't get some points from that first eight or nine matches that we talked about before Liverpool on October 21st, it's going to turn nasty. Yes. And, and uh, you know, they're going to be adrift. All right. Next up, Nottingham Forest, 16th last year. They they survived after come, being being promoted from the championship. They had an all-out 
spending spree brought in about what was it 20 new players last year to the team 30 finally they kind of got it into a groove there uh, at the end of the year and were able to to get enough points to stay up the big news at nottingham forest of course matt turner arriving from arsenal the usa number one go stags give us some action in the premier league we like that and, and a chance for him to what looks like be the number one there and, and get a chance to be a starter in the Premier League, which is obviously really good from a from a national team perspective as you ramp up for uh, a Copa America next summer and a, and a World Cup uh, in, in 2026. But that said, Nottingham Forest, can they do it again and, and stay up? Speaking of some uh, poetic justice, by the way, Forest's first game this weekend, away to Arsenal. I hope Matt Turner keeps a clean sheet in that game <laughs> and, and Ramsdale has a howler. That's that's Absolutely. what I'm. That's what one I'm of those. Th- one of those things is going to happen. One one <laughs> nil to Nottingham Forest. Turner stands on his head, and Aaron Ramsdale uh, might be, has a, has a howler at his near post. Steve Cooper will take that and say thank you very much. But in all seriousness, I, they did prove something last year that a lot of people thought that would never happen: the great experiment. Can you completely change one team that got you up, bring in a completely new team and have it stick? It just stuck enough. I mean, yeah, the upwards of 30 some odd players that they transferred in first team players, a British record. I think the 20 was, I believe, just their summer session alone. And then they brought in a number of players, obviously Dean Henderson, a Manchester United loanee first half of the season before he got injured. I don't think anybody in their right mind saw in Kaylor Navas going from France to the Midlands and somehow he keeps them alive but they played some good football at times you know, does they it they're really good at home they're very good at home they were atrocious on the road they had one i think they had one win in 19 matches on the road they, they were did. atrocious on the road that if that happens again i think they're in a lot of trouble you know you you, you they also you stuck with steve kind of they results. also stuck with steve cooper when they were when they were hovering around the yep. drop zone they didn't yeah. make a panic sacking of of the manager they they stuck with him um mm-hmm. and allowed him to continue to coach those guys and they eventually did get it right on the year and i think that's also what, to, to sean's point that's important for for clubs that are are promoted you have to handle your business at home right it's hard to win on the road in the premier league so I like the business that they did this offseason as well. I, I like Anthony Alanga. I think he's going to be an upgrade over a lot of players that they had. You know, he's an upgrade over Ayu. He's an upgrade over Lingard for sure. Ole Anya, decent piece of business. You know, he'll he's someone who could play 20, 25 games in a season and be fine as a wingback. Chris Wood, he'll get you his seven goals and be six foot four in the middle. I, I like Turner. I think Turner obviously isn't better than prime Kaylor Navas, but he might be better than the Kaylor Navas that they got last year. Dean Henderson, I thought was incredibly disappointing last year. I thought he kind of blew his last chance to, to be a number one in England. I, I like the Turner signing. I kind of like this team, not that much, but to have what I would term kind of an inconsequential 13th place season. That's fair. And I think also Gibbs white was probably the biggest Sure. Kind of joy of that team last year. He really improved over the course of the season. He felt like day one when he walked in, he looked like perhaps a, a championship plus player. Like we call it in baseball, the four the a player. They're too good for triple A, but not good enough for the majors. But he looked like a Premier League player by the time the season ended, not just like a, a young player. He looked like someone that had spent five or six years. So I think if he can have so what he had 13 goal contributions last season, if he can be pushing towards 20 
empty goal contributions, more of those being on the assist side. Keep some clean sheets in the back. The city ground is going to earn you at least, as Sean rightly said, it's going to get you over the course of the season eight to ten points just on its own merit. I think they'll have enough to survive, but they're just like last year going to go right down to the end. And by the way, you're talking about sticking with Steve Cooper. He even got the uh, the dreaded public showing of support and a contract which, extension which during the course of the season. The, the, the next week after you you get the vote of confidence. I mean, hey, you know, credit to the ownership group there. They took a chance, and let's see if they can do it again. And now you have some consistency this year. You don't have 30 new transfers coming in this year. You have a couple of new guys, which will help them, and a lot of consistency. They do have at Arsenal, at United, at Chelsea, at City, four of the first six matches. So it's going to be a little bit of a rocky start, you would imagine. But um, they get past that. I think they'll be okay. I got um, 16. Again, I'm 17. I think I think they'll just about stay up. You know, they will spend. I mean, this guy will spend, but uh, you know, he's got to start figure out what's going on here. I I I, I think if they're struggling again, you see you saw what he did in in, in the uh, January transfer market. They he will spend to keep them up. So I have more confidence in in him, the owner of Forest over the owner of Everton, and you know if that's a kind of a tight battle there. I, yeah, I have them twelve. I think they're pretty comfortable. Another team that could yeah. be, yeah, another team that could be really interesting as well. And they're one that they've done a lot of business and they're spending a bit of money doing it. But one in places where I don't know if they really needed that help or one that that's kind of really boosting them up the table. At least in my confidence, would be Bournemouth. Uh, finished fifteenth last year. They allowed a lot of goals last year and fact the second worst goal difference in the premier league with the negative 34 uh they did have a good run towards the back half of the season i guess do you call it that like the third quarter of the season to get themselves basically over the finish line i just don't have someone on this team especially with jefferson lerma going on a free to palace i'm struggling to see where goals are going to be coming from so that run you were talking about jj they lost their last four matches but just before that they went on a run of seven wins and nine matches. Yeah, so like that, and that third kind of into got the... them out of trouble. Yeah, third but into the, the guy fourth who quarter. Led them on that run, Gary O'Neill. Into me, the biggest shocker of the Premier League offseason gets sacked for a guy that finished what, like twelfth in La Liga last year. That's the kind of move that if it goes wrong, gets you relegated. I thought it was insane to fire Gary O'Neill. Same. Could not yeah. believe it. it. Was stunning. They're terrible. Their goal difference is terrible. But, you know, 12 of those, was it 12, 16 of those goals came in three matches in the first four games when Scott Parker was in charge and absolute disaster. Nine nothing to Liverpool, three nothing to Arsenal, and, and four nothing to City there. So, you know, a- after Parker went, they played really well in, in uh, February, March, and early April. And they have some talent. You know, it's interesting. You know, like you said, they're, they're spending a little bit of money. They're bringing some players in. Justin Clivert, big names. They're bringing some, some you know, decent players in uh, for some decent money. So they are spending and they're spending to stay up, which is, you know, more than you can say for some of these other teams that are down there. If you're searching by FIFA potential, you like this team. We'll see how it actually plays out on the field. Yeah, yeah. Bournemouth is actually the, the third team I have going down. Uh, I have them in 18th. Bournemouth is also the third favorite for the, the relegation odds at plus 250. 
Um, I just I, look and I get it. Form doesn't carry over from one year to the other because there's a big break uh, in between. But you lost that Bruin Ward has lost its last four games, made a curious managerial decision. Uh, and like Samsel said, team, but it's a team you might put together on a, on the FIFA video game and it looks good, but that doesn't translate to, to real life. Uh, and that's why I have Bournemouth uh, finishing 18th and going down. Uh, anybody else? I have them 14th, 15th. I think they're in the relegation battle for a majority of the season. It's not that I like this team. There's just some teams that I think are a little further off the pace. I think Bournemouth just kind of does enough to survive. And once again, I, I would have more confidence in the Bournemouth owners going out and spending some money in January. Yeah. They're in trouble then. Everton or some of these other teams down, you know, obviously Luton and um, Sheffield United. So and maybe, you know, if that comes into play, they're going to make another move because obviously, you know, he's spending some money here. Yeah, I was positive last year they were going to go down. I actually thought they were going to finish dead last last season. Um, but I think 16th is where I would put them this year. They're definitely in the relegation race, um, but kind of like what Mike said, there's a few teams I think that are that are just a little bit worse than Bournemouth. In the end of the season, when they're playing some of these matches, they're interesting. I mean, they played, they went for it. So, I'd, you know, I'd rather see a team that goes for it stay up than some of these teams that sit back behind the ball. Yeah, I'm also with that kind of 15th, 16th spot. And just remember, if you talk about Splash Cash, Michael B. Jordan in the owner's box. So, hey, if you need to make another Creed movie just to get a few dollars in the bank to uh, go sign a striker, go for it. Speaking of teams with money in the bank now, that is going to take us to West Ham United, finished 14th last year, Europa Conference League champions, which earns them a spot in the Europa League. Obviously, the big news out of West Ham over the summer, Declan Rice goes to Arsenal for $116 million. I think they finished up the Edson Alvarez deal, bringing him in from Ajax, so they spent a little bit of that, but obviously they have uh, more cash to spend. You assume they are going to do that. David Moyes, please, please. you know, not a great season in the Premier League last year. But obviously had a great run through the Europa Conference League. Yes, I know it's the third-tier Europa competition. But you win it, you get a trophy, uh, and you move up to the to the Europa League, which, again, gives you a chance. If you win the Europa League, you're in a UEFA Champions League next year. When we talked about this, I think, a couple years ago, um, Samsel, you know, a trophy is, I, you know, trophy is more important than some of this other stuff. You have a piece of silverware at the end of the season, and it's a European trophy on top of it. It's a successful season for them. You know, they sold Rice, but what are they going to do with that money? You know, hopefully, we're hoping and praying they buy Scott McTominay and uh, Harry Maguire. Uh, it seems like it's been, They've been linked to both. I will. We, we will, bollocks. You're hoping they do it. We will be they have, putting they have been linked to both, and both And both of those guys are very David Moisey kind of players, aren't they? The statue of David Moyes outside Old Trafford. Look, I like McTominay in games. He does certain things. You know, he's going to go there, and he's, you know, he's a big kind of guy. I mean, he's Declan Rice light. Obviously, he's not Declan Rice, but, uh, you know, he does some things. And he's been, you know, if you've watched the Scotland matches, you know, he he does some things. But, you know, whereas he's not going to play at Manchester United now because, you know, they have – Casemiro and other players coming in, obviously. So uh, Harry Maguire needs to go. I think if he goes there, you know, maybe, uh, you know, he can resuscitate his England career. He's been, you know, he's atrocious on the weekend. I, you know, I don't know if anyone saw the games, but, you know, they're, they're going to spend this money and they're going to be in the Europa League. However, you know, the, the Europa Conference League is one thing. 
because, you know, you can go in there and I think, you know, they didn't, I don't think they lost a match in that, you know, the, the Premier League teams are better than any of those conferences. Now you get to the Europa League, that's a step up. There's some decent teams in that. There's some teams that got knocked out of the, the Champions League and the playoffs. And, uh, you know, there's some decent teams. So now they're going to be playing on Thursdays again. But, you know, and if they want to win that tournament and get into the Champions League, you're going to have to take that a little bit seriously at some point. And then Sundays. So, you know, that I think is going to be a little bit tougher to do. They did that two years ago and really struggled. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens with them. But, you know, if they spend the money wisely, I think they'll be all right. There's a lot going on with uh, David Moyes and the new sporting director, a guy they just brought in from Bayer Leverkusen, Tim Steiden. There's a lot of reports that Steiden wants certain players, that Moyes doesn't, you know, uninterested in these James Ward-Prowses and these McTominays and McGuire's, like – this guy that they just brought in, you know, he's the one who found Florian Wirtz. He's the one who developed Kai Havertz. Like, there's a lot of good young players that pass through Leverkusen that I think West Ham wants to get there, and David Moyes isn't allowing it. I think something to keep an eye on, Moyes is actually the fourth current favorite as first manager sacked at 12-1. to 1. I think Moyes is in trouble. So you're saying Moyes went strapping English lads while the sporting director wants to look around the – the continent for maybe some more technically creative players. I mean, it's one of those funny things that seems like David Moyes is always on the perpetual hot seat, but yet somehow always delivers something at the end of the day. And as that little kid said after the quarterfinals in the conference league airport this way, Prague is this way. And you know what? They went to Prague winning a trophy. As we already said, it's a big thing. The one yeah. that I would love to see for them this season is Paquetto. I need to see more out of him. He comes in with the reputation of being an absolute baller. And I thought at times we saw it, especially in the Europa Conference, you need to see it week in, week out. Bowen obviously does his thing on a regular basis. I don't know. I, I, I see Moyes finishing the season, first off, because, again, he almost always seems to uh, pull that out. But I need to see kind of flashes of that pre-COVID era where they were really starting to get going. You felt like could they have been that? seventh team just outside the top six well i think they survive but i think they're gonna struggle through this season i i think their season probably looks pretty similar to the way it did last year i'm curious to see as this window goes on who wins out is it mctominy mcguire ward prouse you know maybe there was some concession there about edson alvarez but it seems like the sporting director and the coach have two different ambitions and that usually doesn't end well for someone. I'm actually maybe higher on them than some of you guys are. I have West Ham eight. I actually think they have a nice little bounce back season in the Premier League. They have a, that's a talented roster yeah. that they have. And I think they're going to make additions with that Declan Rice cash that they got. Um, but again, like you guys have mentioned that the, the big question is going to be who are those additions uh, and whether David Moyes is around to coach them. But uh, David Moyes, uh, outside of the run at Manchester United, which was maybe a little unfair to him having to follow Fergie, has got a good track record in, in the Premier League. He had a good good run, great run at Everton of top 10 finishes. Um, and, and I just think they will have a bounce back year in the league. I have West Ham eight. I don't know about you guys. I, I think they're somewhere around the you know top 10. I mean, you know, somewhere between ninth and 12th maybe. Um, yeah. I, think they, I, I have them 11th right in that just kind of 
inconsequentially boring mid-table team. Agreed. I'm they don't make a run in the Europa League, though. I mean, that rest is, you know, if they if they get some of those guys in, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying they're going to win it because when those teams drop down from the Champions League, it's tough. But uh, you know, I think they'll be they'll maybe make a quarterfinal or something like that. I'm not saying Moyes wins the sack race per se, but I'm saying this is the best job that comes open early in the season in Europe. I think Moyes is out before Christmas. All right. Well, to another team that has a lot of money, yet doesn't seem they know what to do about it, Wolverhampton Wanderers, Wolves. This is a a strange time right now. Uh, Really strange time because Wolves were another one of those teams, and I think even longer standing than that little West Ham run where they were always that – eighth team ninth team looking to take points off the top six couple of manager changes later and now all of a sudden you're wondering do wolves even have enough players to form a roster that could even compete at this level just on numbers alone because you look at some of the guys that they have sold and we're talking long-standing players ruben nevish goes to saudi arabia 57 million connor cody leaves nathan collins with a 28 million dollar price tag i didn't see that one happening great player but didn't see that much money from um raul jimenez who yeah you know we know the issues that came from the severe head injury that he had it would have been almost more surprising if he had replicated the numbers that he had before the injury but there's been some infighting going on julian lopetegui is at just ends with the the uh, ownership because he wants to spend money the owners don't want to spend money there's talk of Lopetegui leaving it could be just that the highest of ceilings and the lowest of bars for this team any Futurama fans in here yeah mm, not quite. Well, I'm gonna take a quote from Bender well they're boned <laughs> because this to me is is the team I like less than Everton yeah, I think this team has got relegation written all over them. I, I was just, I didn't think anyone else had them 18th, but I have them 18th as well. I think they get relegated. I don't see where the goals are coming from. Obviously, they had those two really good seasons when they uh, came back up a few years ago, but just the team is so different now. You guys mentioned Nevis is gone, Jimenez is gone, Cody, Adama Traore, Rudy Patricio, just all those guys that you know were huge factors on those teams just like three years ago are, are now gone and. I just don't really see it. I don't know where the goals come from. And they were in that relegation race a lot last year. They had a good run towards the end, but I I think this year uh, it bites them and they go down. I could see them honestly like surprising a lot of people early and being one of those teams that just banks a lot of points in the first half of the season. And then you just forget about them. They, Mm -hmm. they could be that like just finish in 13th. You forget about them and they're there. They're surviving. I think for them, it's just about survival this season. Anything above that is just gravy. They're not, they haven't been worried about a cup run in a little while now. I think it's just can they use some money? I don't know if the ownership will allow it, but if they do use some money, get in two or three players that are just going to work like dogs in the back, get someone that could be that classic number nine to replace what was a Jimenez from a couple seasons ago. Maybe then. And again, we're recording in early August, at late August or early September. We might be singing a completely different tune about this team. But yeah, their current roster, I think they, they're they just above relegation because I think they're desperate enough not to go down. Yeah, I, I agree with JJ uh, that they're, they're sort of just one of those teams where you look up and they're kind of like, 
uh, they're three points ahead of the drop. And then you look the next week and they're five points. And then they come back and they're four points ahead of the drop. You're like, oh, Wolves, uh, they might get sucked into it. And then they'll win a game and they'll go seven points ahead. And you're like, now they're safe. And then they get sucked back in. At the, and at the end of the day, I have Wolves 14th. I do think they stay up. That's about where they finished last season. Anybody have Wolves going down this year? Yeah, me. Well, there me we go. Do, yeah. First of all, if Lopetegui walks before the Manchester United game, that's like the sixth time in the like the last year that a manager has has gone right before they played Manchester United. Is this just posturing to to get him to spend some money? Remember, look, we're we're taping this August seventh. The window doesn't close for you know three and a half weeks. There's still a lot of time to buy players. Wolves, you know, could sign three players on deadline day. I I think the squad is you know they they don't have a lot of depth. Um, which could be interesting, but they're you know they're not playing in Europe. I, I think they'll be safe, but it's going to be close. If they could get somebody in that could score goals, if Fabio Silva could actually score goals this year, I think they'll be all right. This team scored well, the fewest goals in the Premier League last year, and they sold their two leading scores. That's yeah. a bad combination. Yeah, it is. Well, as we transition to a team, and the team we want to all hear about, and one that is certainly going to have players coming in before the end of the transfer deadline. And that is the Chelsea Football Club, a club that finished 12th last year, a club in chaos, uh, went through four different managers last season. Whew, man. And they You'll brought notice. in Mauricio Pochettino, uh, the former Spurs boss, last, last seen at PSG. Uh, JJ, I know you want to say something, so go ahead. In our show notes, the first thing that I put under them, dumpster fire. Literally, all five of us are that little kid that is swinging collectively, mind you, on one swing. We're swinging, and then everything is burning behind. What has gone, and I don't even like Chelsea for that matter, but what has gone on with this club to the fact that we're talking about them in 12th? And dare I say, if the season went on for maybe six more weeks from last season, they would very much be in relegation territory. If they played another six matches, I'd be surprised if they survived. Yeah, I mean, Frank Lampard did his best to get two teams relegated last year. Um, That was coaching malpractice from Lampard. I think it was a catastrophic situation. I actually do think that Graham Potter was a pretty unfortunate victim of circumstances. 100%. I think that he actually would have done something with this team Chelsea clearly seems to be fans of what Arsenal have done over the last five six years of cycle everyone out get a bunch of young players in and just kind of let it grow and see what happens I like that strategy a lot more under a Graham Potter than I like it under a Mauricio Pochettino they seem to be a team that's caught in between they want to have their cake and they want to eat it too Do you want to be this team that buys talented young players and lets them develop together? Or do you want to be a squad that competes for Champions League this year? They're caught in between right now, which means they're not going to accomplish either. They were a club that just bought the shiniest object in the window last year. Like they saw something and they snapped. I remember they had to buy... Mudrick from uh from UK. Remember, Arsenal were interested in sniffing around him and Chelsea. No, can't let Arsenal get him. So went in with a big bid and and bought him. But here, listen to the names that have that have gone out here from Chelsea: Aubameyang, Pulisic, Azpilicueta, Mount, Loftus Cheek, Havertz, Mendy, 
Kovacic, Koulibaly, Conte. That's a lot of players that have gone out this year. Some of the players in so far, and you know there's going to be more. Sanchez, the goalkeeper from Brighton, Axel Decise. I may have pronounced that incorrectly, but a defender from Monaco. Uga Chukwu from, from Ren. Gabriel coming in from Brazil. Nicholas Jackson from Villarreal. Nkuku from uh, RB Leipzig. So, again, I just don't know what we're going to get with this Chelsea they, squad. I think Pochettino is a good manager. I'm just not sure what this Chelsea team is. Like, I don't think this is a top four team this year. I know they have the the uh, fifth, I think their fifth favorite to actually win the league this year. But I think that's more just on name recognition. Like, I'm not sure this is a top four team that Chelsea has. They have seven first team goalkeepers. Seven first team goalkeepers. <laughs> like, you know, when you look at the squad, you know, they have Kepa. Gabriel Slanina, who's going to, you know, go. I mean, these guys, it's going to be Sanchez at some point. He's going to be the guy. They have 12 defenders. You know, they had they just brought in Batishil last year, and now they just signed Desazi. You know, they have Fafana, obviously, who's out for the year. Reese James, Chilwell, Kukarel. I mean, they have, like, all these players. They're midfield. Like, you can't play all these guys. You can't keep them happy. And I think part of the reason – they finished 12th last year was because you just went here. And it's the same reason Nottingham Forest was slow at the beginning. You can't just throw 10 new players out on the pitch and just say, hey, go play. Like You you have to play as a team. Right? You know, you have to learn what each other is doing. And I think it was just slow. I think, you know, that was what happened to Potter. I, you know, I think, you know, if he took over – this year, I think he would be fine. You know, he just, you know, he, anybody that took that team over, it would have been a disaster because the guys are, you know, playing. You got, you know, Fernandez comes in for 120 minutes. He's a good player, but, you know, it's crazy. I mean, they're spending money like crazy, and now they're starting to sell. But you know they're going to spend money. People like this Nicholas Jackson. He looked pretty good in this in this Premier League. And Cuckoo's already hurt, which is, you know, a disaster. So they're bringing in players. You know, I, Gabriel's a pretty good player. I originally kind of had them like fifth. I, I think because there's no Europe, I think you could play the kids in the in the Carabao Cup. You know, the, the FA Cup's not for a while, so they're going to be able to rotate and stuff like this. But I, I just I don't know. I, I think maybe they're they're probably closer to like a seventh place team. Look, this team is talented. They have talent all over the pitch. It's just a matter of you know if these guys are going to play together. Not having European football help Chelsea this season. Oh yeah, yes, one hundred percent. I was about to say as well that that it is a great point, and there's the slightest of difference for me between what Forrest did last year and what Chelsea did last year. Forrest, they just brought all those guys at the beginning of the season and allowed them at least to figure it out. It just felt like every time a small hole opened up in Todd Bowley's boat he just tried to use glue and here's two players okay another hole opened up now it's patching with two more players it always felt like they brought in a new player every two weeks or so obviously that wasn't the case but with injuries and you know guys coming back from the world cup and not it felt like it was just a completely different Chelsea team that took to the field every week now maybe with a off season combining that with only just playing one match a week with the occasional two with the a cup competition or a double match week that you might get some continuity under Poch. I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was, but I think that they need to cut more off this roster, utilize some of that money to really identify the players that they want 
keep Todd Bowley maybe out of some of these conversations because that might just be the thing that helps you along. And then the train might start going in two years time. Now, of course we could be wrong because yeah, the oodles of talent that they have, they could be champions league right from the get go. But I think it, this could be the makings of a project, but they need to accept it. it. It's funny with all this, we're talking about all the guys they brought in and the chaos that that created, but they are linked to one player that I think I actually like, and I think could be a bit of a game changer for them. And that's Michael Alisi from crystal palace. I think you get him in there. He's a really, really a good player that has potential to be special. I think I was really well, hoping like, you were going to say Tyler, Tyler Adams. Adams. I don't know that. Yeah. I don't know if that, that deal is going to happen, but they have been just throwing it out there that they have been linked to, to Adams from Leeds. I, I thought he had a good season for Leeds until he got, got hurt and him and his injury. I thought, made a difference in Leeds getting relegated last year. If they had him, maybe, maybe they're able to to stay up. If Elise goes to Chelsea over Manchester City, then he's got I, – I, I got to question this. Agreed. That's fair. Yeah. To wrap up all that absolute chaos, all right, straw poll time. Where are we thinking? Is this a Champions League team? Is this somewhere in Europe? Or are they missing out again and just accept the fact that they need to keep this thing going? I got them seventh. So not so really Europe. competing for Champions League. But yeah, Europa League, Conference League, just kind of there, but adrift to the top four. Okay. Same. I, I, also, I also have them seventh. Seventh as well. Yeah. I I, I mean, I originally thought fifth. But uh, I just, I, I just, I think they're a year away, maybe sixth or seventh, something like yeah. that. But I, I think they have a ceiling to get to fifth. I, I don't think they could get to the Champions League because there's teams that are better than them. But I think they could get to fifth because of the fact that they're not playing in Europe and some of those other teams like Villa and everybody else are. If the beautiful thing of sports, if you can find continuity, then success usually comes with it. But it's funny because usually we would end a conversation with Chelsea because in previous years we'd say, okay, they're a team that's competing for the title. They're not even the top team in this portion of the show because finishing in one spot ahead of them in 11th place is that lovely team from South London, Crystal Palace. And I mean, they're kind of, I made a statement earlier about Wolves and that they're sort of a forgettable Premier League team. For Palace, I say that for all the good reasons because they always finish mid-table. Somewhere in the Pantheons, we'll go back in time and look how many times that they finish 11th, 12th, or 13th place in this division. But what they always seem to do is they always seem to be a difference maker in the top of the table because they seem to take points off the big boys. I think there were cities uh, throwing their side for a couple seasons, Arsenal in the past, United in the past as well. It's a tough place to play down at Selhurst Park. I think what makes this year's Palace team perhaps different from other teams is you don't have Zaha to talk about. He's gone to Galatasaray. Milivojevic, free agent. Some of that old guard that has been there to help keep them steady, they're gone. We talked about Elise Eze, who I think a lot of people touted as potential team of the year status. He might be taken before this window is over. If you guys were talking about Lise goes. If I think he or Eze goes, I think they're in trouble of maybe testing the relegation waters. If they lose one or both of those guys, they're in the relegation waters. Yeah, they're they're both, I mean, fantastic players. When, when Worry Hodgson came in, I mean, you're watching them. 
under uh, Vieira. And just like you just see all the talent that they had. And you're like, I just I don't understand. Why is it not working? Why is it not working? Why is it not working? And then, you know, Roy Hodgson comes in and just rolls the ball out and says, just go play. And these guys, you know, Elise, as I mean, they played. They have a really good attacking, you know, front line. If, you know, if they can keep it sounds like Elise is going to go. I don't know about Eze. You know, if they keep one of them, I think they'll be all right because they'll have they'll have a little bit of money to spend. You know, obviously Jefferson Lerma is a pretty decent player. Uh, I think Frank is going to be pretty good. He's very young, but I you know he's going to be pretty good. And Hachin will let them play. So if they lose those two, you know, we'll have to see who they sign. But, uh, you know, those are two key players towards that run at the end of the season to get them up to 11. Got to have faith in Roy Hodgson. Who, who like Trump was talking about, I think is a, is a really good manager. I think this is, this is the kind of team that, you know, maybe it's a little over, maybe you're a little overlooked palace and you know, yeah, they like, might be at the bottom of the table. And then Roy Hodgson goes out uh, and he, he coaxes a top half finish out of him. I always have a soft spot for Hodgson. So that's why I have palace actually 11th, which is where they finished last season. I think the one thing too, is you know, players look, players know you, you, you watch that team under, Hodgson and the difference and the way they're allowed to play. If I'm an attacking player, Crystal Palace wants me or, you know, one of these other teams, they look, ah, you know, I go to Crystal Palace, the manager is going to let me play. I'm going to be able to just, you know, get some goals and get some assists, you know? So I think even if they lose one of those two players, they'll find somebody that'll come in that'll want to play in that system. So I, I, I think they'll be all right. I, I, you know, once somewhere between like 13th and 10th, for me, the problem with them might come they are, in fact, in a relegation race. I don't think they will be, but if they are, their last seven, home against City at Liverpool, home against West Ham at Fulham, home against United at Wolves, and then they close out the campaign home against Villa. Again, if they're 17th or 18th at that stage, that could be uh, problematic for them. I think they'll finish 14th. I have them finishing 15th. I think they'll be right in that range of being ab- above relegation, but you know, not too much better. Just for official sake, I have him 16th, just ahead of that Wolves and Everton pack, but not by much. But that's depending on if Eze and Olisi leave. If they if those guys stick around, they'll be fine. Yep, mid-table, scared Last year, 11th straight season in the Premier League, and I've got them finishing 11th this year. So, Yeah, yeah, they'll be right around there, uh, one of those teams. I think they'll be safe. But, you know, they're not going to be once again. And when we when we come back on Friday and remember, uh, we'll be back on Friday morning with our top half preview. We're going to be talking about some of these teams that are going to be battling for Champions League. No one's battling for the top of the league at this point. Uh, We'll get to that. But remember to subscribe on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. All at the bottom there. Leave a five star review. Follow us. Box to box football on Twitter or X, whatever you call it. Now we're on uh, Instagram box to box football pod. Make sure you tell all your friends about it. And just, I'm really excited to be back. I know everybody here is a big fan of the game and we're, we're finally going to get to, to watch or, you know, I've watched so many friendlies this, this, I got to wait till Monday uh, to, for the game, but uh, finally get to watch a real game live uh, for, for, for the first time in a couple months. So I know everybody else is excited. That was a big show. Can't wait to do it again and talk about Fulham. On that note, we will say goodbye and thank you. We will see you. Make sure you tune in on Friday.